Anyway, uh, you're listening to a little bit, or you're about to listen to a little bit of a milestone episode here at Pangea. It's episode number 10. And if you have been enjoying the show, um, I do hope that you'll uh, spread the word, tweet about it, um, give us a mention on Facebook, uh, even an email to a friend, anything you can do to let people know that you like what you're hearing over here would be very much appreciated from my perspective. So thank you and I appreciate uh, your continued listenership. So the interview um, coming up is with the founder of DC Link Tank. And I think um, it sounds like it's pretty DC centric. And I, I think, you know, a lot of a lot of the listeners are um, are based in and around DC. So it will be of interest for that. But if you're not based in DC, don't stop listening um, because I think they're takeaways for a lot of people. Um, before I set up the interview, I actually didn't know, but the founder has a background in um, international development and started his own uh, nonprofit, actually. Um, he talks a little bit about that. So, you know, he's coming from a similar space, um, but uh, it, this is just a really, um, a DC Link Tank is an, an interesting example of taking a really simple idea and building it out and delivering value to people. And I, I think I know as we all think about our projects or the work that we do, um, we're trying to do things better and deliver value and, um, you know, just make things in such a way that it's um, important for people. And so I think there's a lot to get out of his experience, uh, a lot of his thinking that, uh, that that will be helpful to you and hopefully inspire you as you go forward. So enjoy this episode. And... Um, if you haven't already done so, going to give a quick plug to the newsletter. You can sign up on the website, um, watchpangea.com, and the newsletter will give you access to um, shows you know, as they come out, uh, also behind-the-scenes stuff, and some special offers here and there. So I encourage you to sign up. Uh, but for now, here's your interview. You're listening to Pangea. I'm your host, Jacqueline Schiff, and I'm speaking with uh, Bilal Ahmed, uh, the founder of DC Link Tank, which is, uh, I, I guess I would describe it as a searchable event aggregator that lists and categorizes all the plethora of events that are here in DC. Would you agree with that, Bilal? Yes, that's, I think, a, a pretty accurate description, Jacqueline. It's a pleasure to uh, be here, and, and thanks for inviting me. Uh, wonderful. So uh, let's get started. Um, this has, you know, become a very uh, valuable service for um, a lot of us here in D.C. Uh, there, there wasn't really anything, you know, pulling events together in one place, and I know I personally found the site just one day through an Internet uh, search. But I think before we even get into that, uh, let's talk about your story. How did you uh, first end up in D.C.? Sure. Uh, so I have actually a technical background, and uh, D.C. isn't normally the place that uh, people who uh, share my experience, I have an engineering degree, would come. Uh, I decided to have an experience abroad my last semester in college, and that was in Turkey, where I spent some time in Turkey and traveling and got exposed to issues of uh, development economics and poverty. And being of South Asian descent, my parents are originally from Pakistan, I got really engaged in that and decided to make the transition to D.C. because I thought that was the best place for me to get exposure. 
And then through that experience, I, I ended up in grad school. And grad school is actually where I came up with the initial concept that eventually evolved into LinkTank. And so how did that, um, how did you first come up with that idea and what did you do to get started? So I was a grad student in D.C. and I was doing uh, research in a particular part of the world. I think it was ASEAN, Southeast Asia. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to do research and, and really engage an issue more so than, than what I would find maybe in a Google or a LexisNexis. And it just struck me that being in D.C., these were still the best tools that I had. When I'm surrounded by all these experts, all these venerable institutions, so I thought, who is an expert that I could actually go out and talk to? And where could I find them? Mm. And I could go through a bunch of email lists and and uh, find events. And events is I, I view events as where institutional knowledge meets uh, individual expertise. It's it's the place to go to directly engage, engage an issue. And there's all kinds of events happening in D.C. So I thought, why doesn't someone just put this in one place? And it was a simple problem. I think something that a lot of people have thought up of, but I didn't actually address it at that point. I thought, well. You know, I've got other things to do and put together a list and went about my business uh, as a grad student. And I went on actually to uh, start and run a nonprofit. So it wasn't until years later when I was working in the private sector, I thought, hey, that was an interesting idea. Let me see if I can implement it in some fashion or form. So it was actually a couple of years between when you first came up with the idea and when you actually decided to act on it. Yes, and I tend to be a person that I, when I have ideas, I, I just write them down and ones that don't seem to leave my head, that continue to, uh, I guess, grow and push, inspire me, then I, I decide to act on it. And so at one point, I decided to take a moment to act. I tried actually different times to build it. And I thought big picture, mm-hmm. build it, maybe a website that would put all these events. And then I realized that I could just do this in a few days. I could just find all the organizations that host events, put them in a simple email and send it out to a few of my friends and uh, get their feedback. And that's exactly what I did. Within a matter of days, I sent it out and they loved it. And in a few weeks, I formalized it and kept that going while I was working full time. Right. Okay. And so when was that? Was that, uh, that was like two years ago? Mm-hmm. It, uh, so it was more formalized in, in January, 2010. Got it. And and so now, you know, we're, I guess, two and a half years later. Uh, how many subscribers did, does that list have now? So yesterday we reached uh, the 15,000 mark on the email subscribers. Wow. But we get more visitors. We launched our website in March and we get about, we have about 60 plus, 60,000 plus people uh, visiting the website. Oh, wow. Is that each month or? Uh, it's over, I think, the last quarter. The, the last quarter. Okay. And um, so, and, you know, I, as I mentioned, you know, I've um, been uh, a subscriber to your list for quite a while and watched the website um, change and develop, and it's undergone um, uh, a few different changes. What has been sort of unexpected with the way um, this project, which I guess is now your full-time business, um, what's been unexpected with how it has developed over the last two years? Uh, there's a lot of things. I think mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I realized as I was asking that that that's like a, a very big question. But I guess, you know, maybe if we narrow it, what was sort of your when you were just starting it out and sending it to those friends? Um, what was the initial vision and and then, you know, how how did it evolve and, and what were some of the surprises along the way? If you could tell us that story. Sure. So I think one of the best ways to understand what product works for the market is, is to talk to your users or to put something out there and let people try it out and get feedback. So for every new thing that we've done, we just actually yesterday or Actually, an hour or two hours ago, we launched a new midweek email. So the, the email that we've been sending regularly, we'd send on Saturday morning. So we decided people want, instead of sending our, our long email, this email includes every event for the upcoming week. So in, in a given week, you can have up to 200 events or so. And that's a lot to consume. So we thought, what about a digest? Will we make an editorial decision, decide what is trending, what would interest our uh, readers, uh, current events, what happens if we put that in a bite-sized email and we sent that out? And so we called it our, the forecast because it's 10 days ahead, like your 10-day forecast. And that evolved out of just working with our audience, talking to them and understanding their needs. We understood that people like the simplicity of a very long email, even though long emails aren't great for your inbox. People like that and they don't like always referring to a website. So that was a lesson for us. And then there are those who are always on the go and they need to be sent a little reminder to visit the website. But overall, we've learned that we want to be more than just events. We've learned that events is just part of a larger problem that we want to solve. And that is about a way to access local knowledge, access community knowledge. And that takes me actually back to that original problem that I wanted to solve that I was a graduate student and I wanted a way to tap into my community knowledge and there weren't great resources. If you think about the plethora of tools out there online, for example, LinkedIn isn't necessarily a great place for a, a local knowledge expert database. Uh, I think Idealist might be interesting uh, and probably a tool used by your, your, your audience, but again, not necessarily a great way for uh, accessing expertise. DevX is another model that's interesting for us. So we see events as part of the bigger picture, and we're learning about uh, what sort of the, what the needs of their audience are in terms of this space as we're as we're going along. Uh, on on your specific question about what surprises have we had? Yeah. There, I think one big surprise was that. Um, People, people, uh, we can't assume that everyone behaves the same, whether if you're a student or if you're a professional or if you're retired, you interact with the service differently. And so for that, we have to identify what service fits with that segment and how can we, how can we provide something, whether it's an email or a web service that isn't annoying, but it is valuable. So it's segmenting our audience and, and trying to really deliver a service that really solves their problem. And that problem is largely an issue of how do I find out what's going on? Uh, how do I find out what is of interest to me? And um, what are the relationships that matter? And this has a great, been a great tool for uh, developing relationships. Right. And so does that mean that down the road, um, I'm in you know, global health, international development, I'll be able to sign up for a list that just delivers events in, in those areas to me? So you can actually do that right now. Uh, through oh, the, 
it, it sounds like I'm not getting the most out of the uh, out of the tool or as much out of the tool as I could. That's true, and and that's something that we found with a lot of uh, subscriptions, and it's actually not your fault. It's a problem of how we communicate. So the website is a great way to you can just filter if your interest is in development and economics, you can filter and find all those events. You can create customized alerts for yourself. If your interest is in let's say a region, like you want to know everything about any event that is on China.、Mm-hmm. This is a great way. You just type in China, and it shows you all the events, and then you can subscribe and create an RSS feed or a calendar alert. But they're not—it's not as simple as we want it to be,、mm. and we want everything to be as simple as our weekly email, and that's why it's become so popular. Got it. Okay. I guess I was asking the question because I was trying to see, you know, where that insight. Uh, how that insight was going to lead you to further develop、uh, the website and and the service that you're trying to provide, but it sounds like some of that's in place. Is is there any other plans、um, along those lines、um, to to help you reach more specific audiences? Well, our our big vision is about going back to this word we mentioned time and time again about access, a way to access local knowledge, access community knowledge, and so that it. It can be segmented by audience, but it's also. I think if we if we start segmenting more and more, then we start lose we stop losing our, our the big vision. And I think there are easy ways that we can set ourselves up for for people to find the information they want. The we we want everybody who is anybody in DC, anyone who values important relationships, who values knowledge, who values connections, to be going to Link Tank. It has been incredibly helpful, and this was a discovery for us that if you're new to DC, whether you are an intern coming in for the summer or you're just brand new, and someone like me who came to DC passionate about development, economics, and poverty issues, but you don't know anything about the institutions, the people, the first place you should go to is Link Tank. If you sign up, then you can you know what you're passionate about, and then you can see okay, these are the conversations taking place. These are the institutions that matter to me. These are the people. These are the relationships that I need to develop. So it's just a fantastic way to just engage an issue, to engage in the community, and build on your, you know, emerging interest. Sure. You you keep saying we, and so we obviously know that you,、uh, you know, founded the. Uh, the website and the list.、Um, who who is we now?、Um, do you have、uh, do you have a team? How many people are working with you? So we have a team of four people,、uh, including myself. We have a fall intern. I have a my my colleague Ab Oxley assists with、uh, operations, and then we get some support from a number of、uh, contractors. It's a it's a, we work with a number of people because we deal with a lot of information. We pull from about 200 different sources, so we can be the most comprehensive sor-、uh, source out there. Our goal is to、uh, have be, provide the largest curation of events, informative events, and experiences happening in the DC community. And we believe that no one comes close to the quality and quantity of events and experiences that we have. So I've got someone working with me in operations, a marketing、uh, director, and our intern who is. Sort of our jack of all trades and helping out where he can. And and so so am I hearing there are three people full time, including yourself, or? Yes, that's correct. Great.、Um, 
And, you know, as you were talking about um, just wanting to be the most comprehensive resource for this and, you know, I'm wearing maybe part of my journalism hat, I'm thinking, you know, this is almost a missed opportunity or, or you know, perhaps still an opportunity for uh, people in news, people in media, because I, I think, you know, one of the places where you would – in the in the email that you put out today, um, you rounded up um, some of the uh, debate parties going on around the presidential um, debate tonight. Um, and I was thinking, you know, that the other place you'd look for that is, you know, maybe newspapers or blogs. Um, have, have you sort of run up against any tension with um, uh, newspapers or, or blogs, um, you know, who, who might feel that you're um, on their turf, so to speak? Not yet, not yet. And we've we've taken the time to talk to the big media players who are in this space. Daybooks are not a new thing. They've been around actually since the 70s. AP had mm-hmm. yeah. a day. They're not as comprehensive as the service we currently provide. So they there are a few organizations, National Journal, for example, or Congressional Quarterly, CQ Roll Call. They have daybooks. And we've gone out and... and had uh, conversations and and we find them actually complementary to us in some ways. And there are great services out there. We've built good partnerships. We see ourselves a bit unique because we don't limit ourselves as events. And that's primarily what you're seeing and what most of our community sees. But we're we're trying to build something a little bigger along this idea of, of, of creating access. And if you go to our website, you'll notice that it doesn't say search but it says search for organizations and people. So if you are interested in any particular issue, you can search and you can find not only uh, what conversations are taking place, but also the who and the where. Who are the people with those insights and where are they happening? Where are the institutions? So to be able to search for something on the who, what, where that we think could be very powerful, and that's not something that I think a lot of media organizations, particularly in the D.C. area, are providing in that specificity. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Well, let me ask you, you know, what would differentiate uh, what you're offering from, uh, you know, I can search Twitter and look for um, global health people in the D.C. area. Uh, well, you could, actually. And that would be, and I, and I would... I've done similar things when I've, when I've looked for expertise. Twitter sure. uh, is a great place. It's a, probably a little harder to find somebody local. Uh, the, the other issue we are trying to tackle is the problem of meritocracy. And we know this well enough in D.C. that there are a lot of people who are really good at promoting themselves. And they're the ones who get in front of the cameras. They're the ones who get quoted Not necessarily an authority on the subject. They're, they just happen to be very articulate or they just know how to get an audience. So the way we try to tackle that is through context. So if I look for, let's say, uh, I'm doing a search on a European, an expert on uh, the European, on the Eurozone, and someone who understands banking from, from that perspective, I, and I did a search, I did Eurozone uh, on LinkTank, and I did an expert search. Mm-hmm. So from that result list, and that this is not something actually that exists right now, and something, but this is something we're conceptualizing. From that result list, I can get a list of people uh, sorted out in terms of relevance to my query 
and authority. And that authority is derived from that person's, uh, the, pers- the events that that person has spoken at, mm-hmm. the publications that this person has published, and also peer, peer review. So sort of like an upvote. So that way, when I get 50 results, the top one is the top guy. And that's something that might be a little difficult to find on Twitter. You could certainly find somebody with the most followers, but we know that. Or or it sounds like you're almost getting at um, cloud territory a little bit. But but that's really, you know, cloud is really a measure of your social influence. And it sounds to me more like you're trying to, you know, do it in real world influence in a sense. Exactly right. And we've, we've often used the cloud, uh, reference when talking about this problem that we're trying to solve. Interesting. Well, uh, I gotta say for those of you listening, you heard it here first because it sounds like a, like a really interesting feature. Um, any, any idea on when that might launch or? No, I, I can't say for certain. We haven't put a timeline and that's something that we are still trying to, it's a tricky problem for us to solve, but it's something that we're, we're still conceptualizing. Yeah, no, and I, I think, um, you know, the, the value of something like that is, um, is definitely clear. So it'll be interesting to watch that develop. Also wanted to ask you, you, you know, you were talking about, uh, the, the new email that launched the forecast and trending events and talking about monitoring all these different, um, organizations for events that they're having. What what are some of the trends that you've observed? So not just sort of this week or for the next 10 days, but overall, what um, types of events tend to be popular? And and I guess I'm, you know, obviously we know uh, you're in D.C., so I would imagine, you know, political events and people with, uh, you know, big name, big policy names and whatever, but... Um, I'm just curious what your observations have been and and if there have been any surprises along the way based on what you've observed. I I don't know if there's many surprises. I, I do agree that with you that big names are always a draw. If you've got a member of Congress attending an event or you've got some well-known politician or celebrity then you, you that can usually fill the room but there are events that can be very esoteric very technical but will fill up a room because we're a city of smart technocrats so uh, the, they might be drawn in simply because of the the organization has a good do- job of promoting it but we also have about a dozen or so think tanks that have such a strong name, such a strong brand, and I'm talking about things like Brookings Institution, the Woodrow Wilson Center for International Scholars, and also your more political-leaning uh, think tanks, AEI and Heritage on one side and, and Center for American Progress on the other. So these organizations have, they some of them have as many as you know, two or three events in one day. So they have do a great job of just bringing in an audience we, as a, as a supplementary service to them, so we help out So for someone like AEI, that is a right-leaning or a think tank. They have a base that they, that they reach out to, and, and but in order for them to be effective, you know, they need to reach out beyond their existing constituency. Mm-hmm. We're a great resource for them to to go to the, to reach the liberals that are intrigued and may argue with a certain point or a certain platform that they're taking on and would be interested in attending. 
Uh, so we've given that opportunity to them. And I think that is an, is an element of surprise that we've brought in, that the events that have leaned in a particular direction are becoming more and more diverse because our platform is non-political. We are unbiased. We will take all conversations uh, and make it easy to access them. So whether you're liberal, conservative, libertarian, or somewhere, uh, or agnostic, uh, you can find issues that, that interest you, not necessarily the political leanings that are associated with it. The other, the other thing that uh, surprises us and, and I think speaks to the DC culture is that we're, a lot of the conversations, we're politically driven. I think the, the cable media has done a lot to, to continue to foster that. But beyond the politics, there are great conversations taking place. There are real insights happening. And I give an example of, I'm a follower of, I read Wonk blog from Ezra Klein, who takes issues like healthcare or, or even politics and takes it from science or economic perspective. And it's fascinating. There, it's just a great story to be told. So the events that we see in DC, they're, they're not, they go beyond the politics and they really get at issues. They really help you understand conversations. And that's been really important for us because we believe that politics is great. It makes for good conversation, exciting, and sometimes it's sexy. But we as a society, we need to learn about issues that affect us Banks and nonprofits and all these conversations happening, the conversations that they host that are happening, we give exposure to that. We make it easy to access those conversations, and they fill up. And so the, the surprise there, the, taking back to your the, the original question, that people want to learn information. We don't have to go to the law, lowest common denominator and give them some story about what Nancy Pelosi said or John Boehner said, but really about this is what healthcare means, this is what sequestration means, and people will listen. You know, I think lots of interesting uh, insights there. Um, I probably should have asked this earlier as context to that question. But when you say um, on your site that an event is trending or popular, how are you measuring that? So if you go to our homepage, we have the top 30 events. We say they're popular events. They're trending. That is based on uh, traffic. So if someone clicks on it or if someone shares the event or uh, RSVPs or adds it to their calendar, then it sort of bumps up. So that is a great way to just see what what is the pulse of Washington, D.C. at the moment. Uh, so we have our own algorithm for that. Our, our, the trending topics that are referring to our, our new email forecast, and I invite everyone to the audience to to go to linktank.com and subscribe. There's a on the right side. There's something called Weekbook, which is a regular email, and Forecast, which is an optional email. It's a bit confusing, but try it out. So uh, the trending there is really we look at uh, the next ten days and we see which events, which conversations are happening frequently, and that might be tied to a current event. So, for example, several months back, there was the Supreme Court case on uh, on Obamacare, on the uh, on the ACA, the healthcare decision, the uh, healthcare law. So there were all kinds of events happening. So we were able to pull out all the various conversations, and I think that could be really for somebody who's following the issue and wants to see the different perspectives, the conversations taking place. So Link Tank is. And a way to provide that pulse and it provide, you know, gives you a cross section on a particular issue uh, throughout happening throughout DC. 
Sure. You've talked about, um, I came across a clip, uh, I think in the interview you did with the blog, wanting to expand uh, Link Tank in the future to to other cities. Um, where where to first after D.C.? <laughs> I think we need to, we want to first establish in D.C. We have a number of things that we want to accomplish first in, in building our platform here, and that includes the the ability to search and for events organizations people it also may include a blogging platform so taking insights happening throughout dc on the events uh, and then we'll look at other cities and we haven't specified which city uh, but i think looking at new york the bay area so dc the model that we're looking at is while while link tank is very policy and and research and advocacy focused Go, again, I go back to this idea of a way to access local and community knowledge. So if we apply this to a, a, a community like New York, which is much more focused on, on finance or media or even fashion, then think about the link tank of New York being a way to reach out to financial experts or, or, or media experts or even you know those who are, are related to policy. But it's not limited necessarily to the, the current niche that we've, we've built, we started with. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think I think so. It'll be um, exciting to to watch how it you know grows and evolves over the years. Um, any estimation of uh, you know when when you might expand, or do you have any plans for that? Uh, I can't say. We haven't put a a time on that. I think our you know it's it's exciting to be part of this this company. Uh, it is often a playground for ideas and that anytime we think of something that, that is positive or relevant, we put it in our idea box, but then we realize we've got all these ideas and, and we're losing focus. So uh, I go back to our priorities, which is building our community here, understanding their needs uh, and making it easy for them. That is the DC practitioners, students, academics, making it easy for them to uh, connect with local knowledge. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's a disciplined approach, and that's not a bad thing. Um, I wanted to ask you about um, some – well, so word on the street, and by word on the street, I mean I saw something about this on Facebook, <laughs> um, is, is that you're working on a secret initiative on Congress. Um, what's that all about? Oh, well, you found that. Uh, <laughs> called Rethink Congress, and I think if you go to RethinkCongress.org, you'll see the little sign-up page. So this is a project that we, we've thought up of, and, and it's still something, I guess it's it's still in a, in a bit of a stealth mode. So, And we want to, the, the website is there because we want to gauge interest. The issue of, of Congress and congressional form is something that particularly in the last two years, especially after the 2010 election, something been on a lot of people's minds, whether it's related to campaign finance or filibuster or the fact that Congress is just doesn't pass enough bills, meaningful bills, as, as they used to uh, 10 years ago, even five years ago. So we wanted to have a conversation about that problem and and look at it from perspective of, of, of a almost a tabula rasa, of a blank slate, like what happens if you could take a blank slate to Congress? So that's just the idea. The execution is something that we're, we're planning to do. You'll, you'll probably see a bit more information um, starting next year after the election. 
But for now, if you're curious, I'd invite you to go to rethinkcongress.org and, and uh, put in your email address. Definitely. And we, uh, I will, um, link, you know, everything that you've mentioned on the website. If anyone's listening through iTunes, that is watchpangea.com, P-A-N-G-E-A. Um, Bilal, we, we've covered so much ground and, um, it's been really, uh, interesting to hear about your vision and sounds like, um, you know, lots, lots going on with you. Is there anything we left out, um, that, you think um, people might be interested in hearing about Link Tank or your plans for the future? Uh, well, I, I do want to leave one last message for uh, your your audience. I feel like that a lot of them are, are change makers or emerging change makers, people who uh, want to make a difference in their communities or a part of the world. So I see Link Tank as an, a great enabler for, for your audience, that if you're interested in something, if you're passionate about something, we can be a source for you to connect with other people who share those passions or who can help you uh, leverage uh, or, or, or expand on what your passion is or build towards that goal that you're seeking. So I think it's a great tool. Uh, at the very least, it's it's a tool for building relationships in, in our community in D.C. So I encourage them to, to try it out and use it in any different way, that any way that serves them. It's not just a way to find conversations happening you know it's uh, one thing i've learned uh, is that people are, are innovative and they find different uses for the service so for example college students have often used to find out okay what events are happening at lunchtime and where can i get a free brown bag a free lunch so students <laughs> to use it and leverage it whichever they want but i do encourage them that if they're passionate about something that to to uh, check us out and, and they'll get some value from from the experience Absolutely. Uh, well, thanks for your time, and uh, I'm sure we'll be chatting to you in the future. Thank you, Jacqueline. It was a pleasure. I appreciate the questions, and I appreciated the opportunity to tell you a little bit about LinkTank. Wonderful. Have a good night. You too. Bye-bye.